When I say can you dig it, put your two hands up like that. Welcome back to another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by SilverScreenAndRoll.com. I am Christian Rivas, joined by Jacob Brood, here for another show where we talk about basketball. Um, and it, like, I think that'll be our shows going forward, but these are the last handful of shows we're going to do without actual basketball games being played, um, which even in the offseason seems like... A ble- like it seems like more of a blessing than than in the off season because for a while there I don't think any of us knew whether or not there'd be games uh, even in October when the season was supposed to start the 2020-21 season. This has been worse than the off season because during the off season you at least have like rumors and like draft and even like summer league games like. I will never complain about having to watch a summer league game again because, or like having to report on it or anything like that because it got pretty dire. <laughs> like you said, during those, uh, during the April and May months when it didn't look like the league was coming back, um, it is, as you said, this will be probably one of the final ones. I don't, it, not next week, but I think the week after is when, uh, or sometime around then, is when players will start coming back for training camp, and those will start up and whatnot. So we'll have actual, real basketball-related topics. It's been nice, just in terms of like basketball podcasts in general. It's been nice to start talking about, um, I mean, basically just like the on-court stuff, like who matches up with who and. Um, just kind of how how teams will bring in new players that were injured, like the Blazers and whatnot. They're just those topics have been nice to talk about after scraping the bottom of the barrel for quite a while. So yeah. I'm very excited to be uh, to be talking about actual basketball. Before the season starts, though, there are a few details that need to be ironed out in terms of the NBA restarting this the season, and I think we've seen a few of those details come to light. Um, because of the concerns expressed by the NBA coalition. And I only call it that because I'm not even sure um, like who's in it. I, the, from the reports I've seen, it's not just players. It's WNBA players, NBA players, NBA talent, performers. Um, I don't know exactly what it means, but the crux of the idea is that they are you know, voicing concerns of players who feel like their voices aren't being heard as much as some of, you know, the star players that are keen on getting the season restarted. And um, from Kyrie Irving's perspective, I've seen him get a lot of heat for just doing his job as the vice president of the of the NBPA. And that doesn't make any sense to me. But along with Kyrie, Avery Bradley seems to have emerged as a leading voice of that movement and, you know, shout out to Avery Bradley and Dwight Howard for standing up for, for what they think is right. And, um, you know, if they, if they do decide to sit out for the remainder of the season, I think the Lakers will miss them dearly. Uh, but you also have to respect, 
the stance they're taking in regards to, you know, the changes they want to see in the NBA. Jacob, I don't know about you, but I, I'm like cautiously optimistic that Dwight and Avery Bradley will be going to Orlando only because of the leadership in the NBA. It's not like it's the NFL where, you know, they're going to have to make a lot of moral compromises to just play and get paid. It seems like the NBA is open to dialogue and, um, you know, pushing the social and civil rights movement in the United States to the forefront of everything they're going to do when the season resumes. Yeah. And as you said, kudos to Kyrie Irving, like, like you said, doing his job, like this is what he is supposed to be doing in his role in the players association. Um, so kudos to him and kudos to Avery Bradley for kind of joining him. I don't even think that he has like an official role in the players association. I don't think he's the Lakers representative. Um, but regardless, I mean, it, Kudos to him for stepping up and being a uh, a voice for all this. Um, and I, I I agree with with this. I agree to an extent with the stance stance they're taking. Like things can't just go back to normal. Um, this is a moment. I know we've talked about this um, on previous podcasts. This is a moment in history. And I don't fault players like Avery Bradley, Kyrie Irving, the other members of that coalition for wanting to seize this moment. Um, I think there is a compromise that can be worked out in which these guys are going to be on national TV and the focus of a huge chunk of America um, during these games. I think there is a way to raise awareness um, I think there are a lot of ways to raise awareness. I mean, it's it's a smaller thing, but we've seen for for soccer fans, um, both Premier League games that kicked off on it'd be Tuesday by the time you're listening to this. Um, both teams, as the whistle sounded, took a knee um, for about ten seconds and then went on to play the game. Um, it's a small thing, but those are the types of things that would keep it in the mind of people. Um, I think the NBA or the players concerns are that, um, those types of actions will kind of eventually be almost overlooked and just people will forget why they're doing them. And I don't disagree. Um, I do think there's a middle ground to work out in which, um, they, we can keep protesting and, and keep, uh, keep raising awareness, keep working with groups, and also continue playing basketball. Um, at the end of the day, I think there's just a lot of money at stake. Um, and I think basically too much money at stake for them not to play, which it doesn't seem like that'll be the case. I'll be honest, for a couple days, I thought that maybe the season was in jeopardy again. Um, it seems like the players are are willing to work with the NBA, but I mean, kudos to them for bringing awareness and really making a stand and saying, we're not just going to go back to normal and um, something has to change. So kudos to them. Kudos to Avery Bradley and Dwight. Dwight had a really good statement. Um, he released, I think through CNN actually, um, that you could tell was written by Dwight. It wasn't written by a, a PR person or something, which I think 
um, really kind of helped get his voice across better. So kudos to all those guys. And um, I think what they're doing is very important and will be very meaningful. I think so, too. And and, I mean, that's ultimately it it sounds like both sides. And I I don't even think there are sides. Um, I think it's yeah, I, I think it's just a group of people wanting to accomplish the same thing. Um, and one maybe being more proactive about ideas, um, which, you know, we're all for, I talked to Harrison about this a bit on our show on Tuesday. And I think it's very clear that the consequences or, uh, the, the decisions, the likes of Dwight and Howard make, are much bigger than basketball. Dwight especially, being in a position to win his first ever NBA championship to cap off a Hall of Fame career. Like, I don't know how much longer Dwight's going to play, but that would definitely be, you know, uh, a huge accomplishment for somebody that's probably wanted one since he came into the league. I mean, he came close uh, in 2009, but then the Lakers happened. Um, So for Dwight to sit out and miss out on that opportunity... I still think he'd get a championship ring, but obviously it's a little different. Um, it's not its not something he wants to do. It's not like he's just mm-hmm. going to be sitting home, eating a, bat of Cheeto, eating a bag of Cheetos and watching Ozark. He's, he's staying home because he feels like he needs to, and Avery Bradley would be the same thing. All that being said, our job is to talk about the basketball side of things lots of times, and there's no denying that if Avery Bradley and Dwight Howard stayed home while the Lakers went to Orlando, there would be basketball consequences for the Lakers. And the interesting the report that came out on uh, is that the Lakers feel com- about Dwight Howard making the trip with them to Orlando, and they're less confident about Avery Bradley. Uh, that is per Tanya Ganguly and Broderick Turner of the Los Angeles Times. The ironic thing about that to me isn't just the fact that I thought it would be switched. I th- I don't know why I got the feeling that Bradley was was more likely to go to Orlando. Uh, the other ironic thing to me is I think it would be easier for the Lakers to replace Howard in that lineup than it would be for them to replace Bradley. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all been surprised at how much the Lakers have used Dwight or really just a, a center position in general next to Anthony Davis. Um, it, if Dwight doesn't come, I just, I think the main thing would be a lot more minutes for AD at center. Um, a lot of, I could see them playing Markeith Morris at center as a small ball option. Um, which would bring a different dynamic. You'd be able to space the floor more. Um, I, I think that could play, potentially play well with LeBron. We saw in Cleveland what he did when a guy like Channing Fry played center. Um, I remember the, I believe it was a Pacer series. Um, I can't remember which season it was where they made a huge comeback when it was like Channing Fry and. Uh, Darren Williams and J.R. Smith, just a lot of shooters spreading the floor. Um, They made a huge fourth-quarter comeback. I mean, that's always been a strength of LeBron. So you could see lineups with 
Keith and Kuzma and uh, Danny Green, guys like that. Um, I mean, you still would have JaVale there, Anthony Davis, obviously. Um, maybe that opens the door for signing Boogie. I'm still very wary of Boogie actually being good on the court. Um, but it could also open the door for Devontae Kaycock to maybe get some minutes. Um, I think he, it came out today that he finished uh, third in G League Rookie of the Year. Um, he's been really, really good um, in the G League. I mean, he was good enough that the Lakers felt the need to uh, cut Norvell or cut him from a, a two-way deal and sign Kaycock to one. Yeah. Um, so that tells you how good he's been and how much the Lakers wanted to make sure that they kept on kept a hold of him. So um, I honestly think, regardless if Dwight comes or not, that there might be more minutes for Kaycock. Um, just with the way I think this is all going to play out, especially the first handful of games. I don't know that he would play much in the playoffs, but um, during those regular season games, I could see him getting some minutes. So. Um, but, I mean, the Lakers do have a ton of guards. Um, it's just that Avery Bradley, they have a lot of guards that fill very specific roles. Yeah. And they don't really have a guard that would fill Avery Bradley's role. Um, Caruso's kind of close. Um, he's probably the next best defensive guard. He's actually probably better as a defensive guard, but he doesn't defend the same way Avery Bradley does. Right. Um, so... It would be a, it would be a more interesting dynamic, um, having to replace Bradley. I think because, as I said, there just isn't anybody on the roster that does what he does. Um, and Bradley, I mean, to his credit, he's been good this season. Like, uh, especially since really kind of the second half of the season, or really the last like month of the season yeah. um, before it, it halted. Um, so I think he. It'd be a little bit harder to replace him just because of the skill set he brings to the team. Yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head with Bradley uh, in terms of just pure skill set. The Lakers have good depth at the point guard position, but the three and D aspect he brings to that starting lineup has been invaluable this season. And I don't think I really appreciated that until he started to miss games. Uh, mm-hmm. And that hole was just really missed. I think KCP did a decent job of filling that spot in in his absence. And if he were to set out, I think that's the route they'd go in the starting lineup is is putting KCP there. It's just, you know, once you take KCP out of the lineup, I don't know what the bench looks like at that point. Are you playing Rondo and Caruso alongside together? Which, to my surprise, that lineup actually did pretty well this season with Rondo and Caruso. Um, I don't say that because I'm surprised. You know, a lineup with Caruso worked well. It's more that a lineup with Rondo <laughs> was a was a net positive. Um, so that that that's another thing is if you shift around the starting lineup too much or the rotations, it just becomes um, you know like kind of like in the cartoons where the water's coming out of too many holes and you have to like patch them all at once. There's going to be a hole somewhere unless they sign somebody via free agency or, um, you know, get really experimental with their lineups, playing three guards with Rondo Crusoe and waiters. Um, 
it would be I keep forgetting Dion Waiters is on this yeah. team. <laughs> it would be uh, really interesting. So what, when we get back from our uh, quick little break, we're going to take uh, we're going to talk about the external and internal options uh, the Lakers could use if if Dwight and Bradley didn't make the trip. In a in a week from now. I, if the reports hold true, there will be a transaction window for the NBA, for all teams in the NBA, not just the 22 teams, uh, to fill out the rosters, making up for time they would have had otherwise. Because once the, once the season is in full swing under a regular league calendar year, players have up until or sorry, teams have up until the last game of the season to sign players. Obviously that they won't be able to sign players once they're in Orlando. Um, so they're, they're going to have a window before then. And the other date that I think is worth keeping an eye on that's going to happen around the same time uh, is June 24th, which is when players have to decide whether or not they're going to go to Orlando. So by this time next week, we'll know whether or not Avery Bradley and Dwight Howard will be traveling with the Lakers to Walt Disney World. Um, I, I'm still not sure how the NBA's whole expanded rosters or replacement players work. Uh, my understanding is that it's going to be just a standard roster, 15 guaranteed players and two two-way players that, you know, in the event of an injury, those two-way players can be converted into to regular contracts. Not sure entirely. Um but there's also the possibility that they can just bring any 17 players to Orlando. And in that case, or in the case that um, Dwight and Avery just don't go and they have an open roster spot, it starts to become interesting, specifically with the teams at the top, like the Lakers, Bucks, Clippers. I haven't heard any... Or I, should, I shouldn't say I haven't heard. I'm not uh, Woj, but <laughs> I haven't <laughs> seen any reports of, like, anybody from the Bucks or Clippers, you know, contemplating sitting out the rest of the season. So this is more pertaining to the Lakers. If anybody at the top, though, sits out, you really have to wonder how much that changes things, especially players of Avery and Dwight's caliber. Kyle Korver actually had a uh, quote basically uh, in support of his teammates. Um, I'm trying to, yeah, his quote, uh, he was on SportsCenter's Instagram Live um, with Richard Jefferson. He said, uh, quote, if my black teammates and friends and brothers feel like the best way to go about real change is not to play, I stand with them. I'm okay with that. We think the best way for if we think that is the best way for change. I care more about change happening than a championship. Um, so just another player that that's stood up alongside them. Like we said, at this point, I don't think it's going to get that to that point where we just have a lot of players not uh, opting not to play. Um, but and also. I mean, with all due respect to Kyle Korver, I don't know that he would be that big of a loss. Um, not in 2020. Um, I don't think he plays a whole lot for the Bucks. I was trying to pull up his stats here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when looking at 
Corver plays 17 minutes a game, but still, I mean, it's another player speaking up in support of these guys. Um, but when looking at Bradley and Howard, I think, I mean, there's they could obviously go anyway. I would think if Bradley doesn't come, the Lakers might look um, outside of the team to bring in a free agent. Whereas I think if Dwight doesn't come, I think they would look inward basically within the team and franchise um the main thing being as we kind of said i think you could have kaycock play more i think keith could play the five ad obviously can play the five javel is still going to be there maybe you just lean on javel a little bit more and um javel and ad a little bit more at the five um if Bradley doesn't come, I think it stands as an opportunity for the Lakers to add another shooter. There's a handful on the open market. Um, J.R. Smith, obviously, he was seemed like it came down to him or Deion Waiters for the last spot before the, the season um, halted. Um, I mean, Jody Meeks, I don't know how much he has left to contribute. I think he was on the Raptors last year, actually. Um <laughs> Nick Young is a free agent, and I saw an Instagram video of him working out with Lethal Shooter. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, he could still come. I, I just think the big thing is there's more guards than there are big men on the open market as well. Um, and it's a bit easier just to find somebody that you can plug in as a shooter versus a center that, uh, especially with the way the Lakers play with kind of sh- – um, directing everyone to the paint and having those guys be rim protectors. Um, it'd be a little bit harder to find a center that could play that role versus just having a guard that could come in and space the floor. So, um, yeah, I think with Bradley, they would look outward and with Dwight, they would look inward. Yeah. With the the argument for them looking outward when it comes to Dwight obviously starts with DeMarcus Cousins I'm just not sure the Lakers are comfortable making that signing because um, they do have options they can turn to internally. It's not the best. Like, obviously, there are going to be instances where the Lakers are going to want to keep a traditional center on the floor at all times, uh, particularly against the Bucks who swap out Brooke and Robin for each other, which I think is incredibly cool. That's assuming they play. I mean, they could just let themselves loose, <laughs> break the rules as soon as they get to Walt Disney World. Pretty sure those two are just going to stay in the bubble once their season ends regardless. <laughs> yeah, they're the only ones that uh, aren't going to have a problem yes. with uh, with the bubble environment. They're going to wear all the accessories and treat it like a, <laughs> like a, like a paid vacation. But no, I... I I think the most logical solution there is just to stagger Anthony Davis and JaVale McGee outside of the first five minutes they play together in the first quarter. Uh, I think that's a fine solution, and I think that's what the Lakers should ultimately do. But if they do have an open roster spot and there is some mutual interest in DeMarcus Cousins playing there, I, I think they consider it. I don't know why. But Has Boogie really even said do. that he wants to play? Yeah, okay, that is the other thing. And I'm glad you brought that up. Because, no, he he's, hasn't said anything. 
Like the last I've heard from DeMarcus Cousins is when he was on All the Smoke with Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes, and they were gassing him up, talking about, you know, how excited he was to play this season, how ready he was to be on the court. Uh, and Bookie played along with it. Like he was saying, like, yeah, I, it's going to be crazy once you get all three of us on the court because, you know, you have to pick your poison with with one of us. And I, I just don't see. I mean, by the time the Lakers start playing meaningful meaningful games again, it'll be like mid August. Um, and Boogie tore his uh, what was it? His ACL. Yeah, I was looking it up right now. I, I can't remember. It was it'd be almost a year, I think. Yeah. Which I don't think is enough time for him to be back on the court. August sixteen August sixteenth, twenty nineteen is when it was like definitive that he tore his ACL. So it'd be it was right around there. And yeah, I mean we're talking and the big thing is it's not just the ACL. It's like the string of injuries he had in a row right. to his legs. Um, I don't know, man. Like, the ideal version of Boogie, like, hell yeah, sign me up for that. But, like, I don't even know what version of Boogie we're going to have, like, once he takes the floor. Um, and that's the other thing is, like, Boogie and Dwight, like, aren't even remotely the same type of player. Um, so how does that fit in? Like you got to change how you play in those eight games or, or however many he even is able to play. Um, I mean, maybe you, you just play him with the second unit and you run the offense through him a bit more. Um, I don't know. It would be such a drastic change. Like, again, I think we've mentioned this before. He did a lot kind of behind the scenes as a, a voice in the locker room when he was here more than I thought he would. And I thought he was a valuable member in that regard. But when it comes down to now the playoffs, the, the, uh, the rest of the regular season, like these games really matter. I don't know that you can have that type of player. And I don't, I would just be really surprised if he played. I mean, there was a, a report um, again, I think on Tuesday that John Wall is uh, is asking the Wizards to sign Boogie. Um, I think that would make more sense for him, mainly because I don't think the Wizards are going to be any good at all, <laughs> like, uh, in this little eight-game thing. Um, what about Sacramento? When... <laughs> they have an open well, roster spot. I was going to say, uh, my first question was, does he want to go there? But um, he might be... The fans might really like him now. <laughs> um, uh, see, I don't, I, I don't remember how, how that relationship ended. Um, that'd be interesting. I mean, it'd be fun. I want to see Demarcus Cousins healthy and playing again. I just, right now, I think it might be too soon, and especially in these games that are going to be real high intensity. Like we saw it in the finals when he tried to come back for the Warriors, and like he looked rough. Um, and I don't, I don't want to see that again. I think, I mean, obviously I'm not him. I still think his best bet is to, uh, is to just wait, get those couple of extra months of getting healthy, getting your body right and try to come back next season. Um, I'd be more than happy 
to bring him back to the Lakers next season um, and try it then. Uh, I was really excited about what Boogie could do with AD and LeBron. Um, I just don't know that it's right right now. It'd be interesting to see him with John Wall um, and if that was more of a long-term thing. I don't think John Wall is intending on playing in this eight-game. He's not. Yeah. yeah, regular season. Um, those two were a lot of fun in Kentucky. Uh, I got to watch them live uh, play against Indiana. That team was unbelievable. John Wall, Boogie, Patrick Patterson was on that team. Eric Bledsoe was on that team. Um, it'd be fun to get those two back together. But I just, I mean, maybe it's a thing with Boogie where he's waiting until he can get back on a court, really, and see. Maybe that's why he hasn't said anything. I don't know why else he wouldn't have. Um, I just don't, I really don't think it's worth the risk for the Lakers. Um I think even if honestly, even if Dwight says he doesn't want to play, I would almost still use that open roster spot on a shooter rather yeah. than signing another big man. I God, I can't think of a more poetic way of this season ending than the Lakers signing Nick Young for <laughs> like that would Dwight's redemption arc and then Nick Young signing with the team for Oh my god. Like their first playoff berth since 2013. Um, I mean, Nick Young was a, uh, he was a lot of fun. The one season he came here on like a vet minimum. He was genuinely a lot of fun that season. He, he earned the contract that he got. I was totally okay with it. Um, he never really lived up to it much, but I don't know. I mean, <laughs> have some I think, championship experience in the locker room. <laughs> yeah, I think Nick Young's kind of washed. Um, Absolutely. I would much rather take a shot at like a J.R. Smith. Um, I mean, sentimentally, I've always absolutely loved Jody Meeks. Bring him back. He was on the last playoff team there. You can. You can close the loop that way. Um, but, the, I mean, the other – I would – uh, I was going to say I'd almost rather have Shump than Nick Young, but – That's another uh, interesting route they could take, yeah. The JR and Shump, I think, are, are the two names. If if Bradley doesn't go, the Lakers, I think, would strongly consider. Yeah, I'm trying to – I'm looking at the list of free agents. I mean, there are some interesting names. Jordan Bell, but, like – what a weird career he's had. He was, he looked like a absolute steal by the Warriors his rookie year, and then yeah. he just never really progressed. Nick Stauskas, uh absolutely lit up the Lakers. Was it last year's opening night against the or for the Blazers? Um, it's just the free agent market is pretty barren right now. Um, so. I mean, you you do have guys like Kenneth Fareed, Dante Cunningham. A lot of these guys, I'm not even sure what kind of shape they're even going to be in. Bring Beasley and Lance Stevenson are free agents. If Dwight and Avery don't play, just bring back part of Mud and uh, and have them uh, have them on the team. Um, but 
I mean, Tyler Johnson's a free agent. Again, another guy I'm not even really sure how much he has left. There's just not really a lot of names out there. That's part of the reason I think the Lakers would mainly look inward. Um, and, I mean, Jamal Crawford's technically a free agent. <laughs> I don't know that anybody is going to want to sign him. He's another guy that you pretty much have to change the entire way you run your offense <laughs> because he has to have the ball. Is, you think maybe you think maybe Darren Collison's had a change of heart during this quarantine? No, <laughs> no I I don't think so. Um, any interest in Isaiah Thomas? <laughs> that didn't work the first time LeBron and Isaiah played. I Isaiah was another one that I really enjoyed on the Lakers for like the half season he was here. Him just humiliating Nikola Jokic and yeah. laughing on his way to the rim was incredible. Really enjoyable, yeah. Um, I mean. I wouldn't say no, but it didn't seem like things went too well with LeBron and Isaiah last time, so I don't know how much LeBron would sign off on that. I think Shump kind of hates LeBron. I think anybody that was part of that Cavs team just hates basketball now in general. <laughs> I mean, those are some weird teams. I don't I don't remember if Shumper did. I know Jay Crowder didn't yeah. have a great experience in Cleveland. I mean, it was really just that one team um, – was it LeBron's last year there where they just completely remade the team um, on the fly? Like, they, uh, at the trade deadline, they, like, traded everybody. Um, I feel like Shumpert is pretty generally liked, but he played in Brooklyn this year, and he was not good. I, most of these guys you'd almost just be bringing in as, like, veteran presence which i don't even really know how much worth um that has on the lakers when they're already just a ton of veterans anyway yeah and i i think that is an excellent point to make and i think that's ultimately why the lakers will probably stand pat with what they have a bearing like again them having some irrational confidence that boogie is something like I think the best case for Boogie is he's the player he was in the playoffs last season in that Raptor series, which isn't a good player. I think at that point, he's a negative when he's on the floor. Uh, And the Lakers obviously can't afford to be taking those types of risks at this stage of the season. Um, I think what they need to do is, I saw this idea proposed, you take the eight teams that aren't playing a lot of those guys a lot of those franchises want their young players to be playing mm-hmm. and you just have a draft for the other 22 teams <laughs> one round they get to each draft someone from those teams um, maybe you set a limit that you can only draft i guess it'd be like four players per team um you get a lot of those young guys experience i i wish i could look back because the, the player the Lakers got, I was like, oh, yeah, that actually really helped them. It was like a wing player or a guard or something. I mean, on, you can set it based on record. I mean, the Lakers would be toward the end um, anyway. But, like, you get to see Trey Young. That's a big thing that everybody wanted to see. Um, who would get who would get Trey Young in that? It would be uh... Phoenix, I think. I think Orlando might have a worse record than Phoenix. Um, but, yeah, the book and Trey in the backcourt would be a lot of fun. 
It'd be fun. Uh, it wouldn't be good, but it'd yeah. be fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you get a lot of those, uh, a lot of those young players out there. Um, I mean, yeah, I'd be. It'd be interesting oh, no, to the, see. The Wizards would get. Oh, assuming you believe Trey is the best, like would be the number one pick in that type of draft. The Wizards would have first pick. I'm trying to think of who else. Like, oh, Cat would would be probably the yeah. unanimous number one, but don't imagine he goes. Yeah, and I'm I'm annoyed I can't find this uh this draft. Um but uh yeah, I mean that's a that seems like a fair compromise for everyone. The the franchises that sit out get to have their young players play and Instead of signing these washed free agents, all the NBA teams get an extra, actually good player. And uh, here we go. I mean, who wouldn't want to see, like, Julius Randle back on the Lakers for eight games plus the playoffs? Um, I'm trying to think. It'd be hard to imagine in my head, like, who probably, like, Zach Levine would be there. He'd be a lot of fun. Um I'm down for it. I don't know why anybody would be against it. (laughs) Would would you trade, or sorry, would you be able to confidently waive four players on the current roster to bring uh, Russell Clarkson, Nance, and Randall back on the team? Russell Clarkson. All right, so now I need to look at the roster to see who. Well, I think uh, the first cut you make easily is Duds. Yeah, and he can be like Nance. Russell Clarkson, Randall. Uh, I mean, I'd wave Dion for Clarkson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we would wave Rondo for D'Angelo, but I don't think the Lakers would do that. Uh, And another forward. I mean, can we wave a two-way guy? Can we get like Costas out of here or something and have (laughs) Randall on a two-way deal? Fair equivalency. No, I think Uh, I might honestly. Oh, actually, I was going to say I'd wave JaVale, but Keith's there. I think I'd wave Keith. I mean... Mm. <laughs> what, a, what a fall from grace that we're having this conversation. Keith or Randall? I would... I think I would wave another one. Of the, I don't know. I really like Quinn Cook. I don't think I could wave him. Oh, wait, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker. There you go. I mean, I wouldn't say no. I would wave. I would wave a potential future role player just for eight plus games of sentimental <laughs> value, basically. Yeah, too bad we can't include any of the Pellies because uh, they'll be making the trip to Orlando. Um, yeah. This podcast went in a different direction, but I'm not mad it did. <laughs> uh, unless you can find that draft, Jacob. I think that's our show. No, I can't. I've been trying. <laughs> it's gonna frustrate me. Maybe I'll. Tweeted out, uh, but yeah, it, I there's no downside to this as far as I can see. Uh, just <laughs> let's have this fun expansion draft and uh, get these guys on the onto these teams. Listen, I would be much more interested in watching the Wizards if they had Trey Young or Cat than whoever they're. I don't even know if I could name you their starting point guard right now. Um. Yeah, Ish like, Smith, maybe? Maybe. God. Yeah, that's hard. Sorry. I'd I'd fail that. 
who he played for. <laughs> yes, 100%. Um, that is our show, Jacob. Before we go, I know this wasn't part of our agreement when we played FIFA the other day, but I do want listeners to know that you are very good. <laughs> I, I don't remember what the final score was, but a lot. And uh, Grant Goldberg also beat me three to nothing. So rough week for me, but I'm getting better every day. <laughs> Listen, I didn't, I didn't ask for it. Uh, somebody was feeling froggy and sent me a request <laughs> to play. Yeah, yeah, a request <laughs> to play out of nowhere. And I will say the first time we played, uh, we played with lesser teams, and I tried to um, play with a team basically your level. And then I load into the game, and you have Barcelona selected. And I'm like, all right, we're going for it. <laughs> and uh, he started to get – I got to say, you started to get a little uh, – I held you to no goals in the second half of you were trash-talking, <laughs> and then – immediately I was like, all right, if that's what you want to do, because I basically took the foot off the gas in the second half. And then I was like, if that's what you want to do, I ran down the field and scored again. So, uh, you're, it's still a work. In, ego, yeah. It's still a work in, right now. still a work in progress, but, uh, uh, maybe that was a lesson in overconfidence. <laughs> uh, well, that's our, that's our show. If, uh, you want to play Jacob at FIFA? I strongly suggest you don't. And, uh, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. be playing The Last of Us 2 for the next, like, all weekend. I'm going to be LeBron Zero Dark 30 mode. I'm <laughs> off everywhere. Uh, but, yeah, next week, if you guys want to play FIFA, yeah, let me know. Next week, we'll have news for you, uh, good or bad. Maybe uh, next week, we'll finally have a damn schedule to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that's, uh, that's us. And... Uh, We'll see you.